Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, we're on the countdown to Liverpool Porto. We've got some time to kill, so we thought we'd there. Uh... Do a podcast that we do every single Tuesday, regardless of whether Liverpool are playing or not. Um, we've got some topics to get through. Uh, we've got some kickoff questions from you guys at home as well. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Trent Alexander-Arnold. Normally, what we, what we did last Tuesday was to kind of stay clear of the evening game, so it's not to date it, but also the Trent stuff completely dated everything we'd done in the build-up to Porto. So we'll talk about Trent, who's not travelled um, to Porto for this game. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about the captain's group and a little bit back, looking back at last weekend and the madness that ensued. Uh, yeah, Chris Pager. Hi. Hi. You good? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. How's everyone at home? You all good? Excellent. Thanks. Um, right. So that's Alan Oliver with the first question of the day uh, <laughs> at Chipmeister05. And it's the question that we all want, the burning question for tonight, really, Chris. Who plays right back instead of Trent Alexander-Arnold versus Porto? And he's put, and City, but fingers crossed it's only... Well, let's, yeah, that let's just do up, one. Honest with you, that really that. shit me up. Like, yeah. let's look at Porto first. I think it's just as easy as James Milner drops in at right back. I don't think you're messing around anywhere else. I think Nico's been out for a little while, hasn't he? So he's probably not getting dropped into this game. Um, the only other way you could cut it, I mean, obviously someone will mention Joe Gomez as a right back. I'm sure be it in the comments or maybe around this table. Another thing the clock might do. Don't think he will. He's played two left backs, um, one on the right, one on the left. As an option, maybe? Don't know. Errol, what would you do? I, to be honest, I considered Gomez in terms of obviously getting a little bit of rotation for the defenders. Uh, I think we've spoke about that in the last couple of weeks, really, about game time for them. But I, I keep saying, every time someone asks me, does Gomez go right back? I'm like, no, because in his progression now, he's just got to be a centre-back. That's just where he's got to play. Yeah. There's no point taking a, a backward step. So, like what you said there, I'd probably just stick Milner in there because you just know it's it's as like for like as we're probably going to get in that position right now with the options we've got. I think the other thing as well is, you know, I think Gomez was probably due to start anyway. I, I thought that was the case. I thought Gomez was going to start with was Joel he in your prediction? Yeah, he was in my yeah. prediction. And if that's the case, I think you just change one position mm -hmm. rather than move Gomez, maybe throw Van Dijk in and then move Gomez to right back. Because I know they haven't had a lot of training, but they, they'll have at least spoken about it. They've obviously had one training session that I know of yesterday morning. So it might have been just the case. They probably knew about it anyway before the training session. But I think Klopp's mind will be minimal changes to a side that I've probably already changed a few players of already. Does that change your midfield then? I can't like, remember oh. what my midfield was, mate. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't no. because I had Fabinho, Cater, and Jordan Henderson on the, in the midfield. Yeah, a spoilers for anyone who keeps the start eleven prediction to <laughs> last minute before the game. But yeah, unlucky. Um, I, look, it's interesting, and I, we we had the conversation in the build up to the game about 
you don't want to do what we did for Palace, and that's change both fullbacks because it upsets the balance of what we do. Um, and now, but the reason why we had to do that was because Trent Milner pulled out late for that game, so we had no choice but to drop Milner in. So I wonder whether there's something to, and it would be a mad late late change if they've not pre-planned for this. Of course, is that whether it's Milner or Nico? Do you then just stick with Robbo on the left hand side so as not to? Make too many changes because we're already in a world where did you make one or two changes to the centre half? Sorry, uh, one change to the centre half. So you put Co- is it Co- did you go Costas, Gomez, Matip, and now, and now and now Milner effectively. So you're making three changes to your back four. The only thing I would say is it pause for you know just having to think about it is you set piece seeker and actually Costas is probably the best one after Trent. Yeah, and then if you lose in Trent, who's taking them? Is it Robbo every time? He's good at them, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I don't no think he's as good as Costas. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an interesting point. I, I like I, that one with both left-backs, though, just putting them on on the other side. It's, a out, it's a out there shout, but it'd be interesting to just see, can he do that job? Well, we have this all the time, with this outside shout thing where people go, but the people, the people always go, right footers on the left-hand side, no problem. <laughs> but then people go, a left footer on the right-hand right side, heresy! <laughs> what are you talking about, man? <laughs> burn them, burn them at the stake. Disgraceful. Can you imagine a left-footed player, left-footed playing right centre-back? Yeah, no, man. no. It's normally because it's a waste, isn't it? You wouldn't do it. Del- you wouldn't do it if you had the choice. Yeah. But like, as a break glass solution, I have played. I, right, I had a great time playing right. I'd always prefer playing right back than, than left back because you get the element of surprise for the first well, couple of times. nowadays, when everyone cuts inside, it might be an advantage to play a left foot yeah, or a right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full backs, yeah, go for it. Um, but does that mean you've then got to play Mo on the other side to counterbalance? Who You're too narrow. You're too narrow then, aren't you? Oh, mate, this is now the intro for numbers. Right, right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Um, yeah, I, um, we had some tweets coming about this, Ross. Uh, put this out uh, whenever this happened. Eight, nine in the past this morning. <laughs> uh, we can go up to Twitter and have a little uh, scan through. OG Miz said, I want to see Gomez at right back with Matip and Canate in the middle. Martin Taylor very unequivocally saying here, Gomez at right back every day. Got to be. Uh, now Collins says, Costas, the eternal ones in Millie. Um, Shane Wilson's going Wow. Uh, would like to see us try 3-4-3 three, three, if midfielders keep dropping. Canate, right centre-back with Ox wide right. You can get up and down the wing. I've got no... Actually, I, we've debated this a couple of times, but I wonder how far down the pecking order Ox is in the right-back thing because you yeah, could yeah. do worse, probably, you know, loads worse than that. But He left Arsenal for playing wing-back, didn't he? So yeah. I'm not sure he's going to be happy at playing right-back. Yeah, when it happens, they've done it. It's like James Milner wanted to play centre-mids. And then, like, and absolutely, ended up if James Milner can play left-back for an entire season, season yeah. and get the assist record in the Champions League while doing it, by the way, I'm sure he can probably play right-back. That was centre-mid when he got there. The, was it? Because we weren't in the champ. We were in the Champions League that, that season. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I was sixteen. Didn't he get three against uh, one of the teams we scored seven against playing, playing left back? No, he was in the midfield. I think he was in midfield. For that. He might have been used as if in that game, but he, seventeen, eighteen, he played centre mid. Yeah. Had, remember the Brexit midfield, if you recall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and we had Andy yeah. Robertson that season as well, um, and Moreno for the first half. But yes. I mean, it's devastating to your point, but you made it, still, it with such it a plot. It still stands <laughs> that he can play right back. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and guess what? He yeah. has recently. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Milner's the obvious one, isn't it? And to, to my point about... It's the like, safest bet. Yeah, and to, uh, about upsetting and not, not having too much unbalancing out of what you're doing. He's done it through the week. 
So it's it, that because for me, I was a bit like I'd have probably played. Give it, if I was going to rotate Trent, I have him on the bench. Mm. I'd have probably chuck Nico in just because he needs to play a game of footy for us. Um, it means that you're now waiting for Preston, which is fine. You know, fine to make him wait a little bit longer if he's not quite at it. But that would be a big shout for Nico Williams if he yeah. starts this game. Because, you know, we were sat here two weeks ago or whatever, going, trying to predict what we would do against Milan, and not one of us had a single sniff that Divock Origi was going anywhere near that team. No. But it was a, a very big statement of confidence in Divock, and obviously what he'd been doing in training. And so it will be Milner, but um, it, it could possibly be Nico Williams, I guess. But yeah. City's different, though. Yeah. Well, actually, can I ask the point? Can we make the point then? Let's say Trent's Alpha City. Do you play Milner for ninety minutes in this game if he's got to play ninety against City at the weekend? <laughs> you don't. No, exactly. you don't. You there don't. You don't. So he plays yeah. right back in this game. <laughs> oh, I, it, on that on that basis, out there shout Fabinho. He's played right back before. We we do this all the time. No, but no he played four times for Brazil at right back. That's he it. used to play for uh, Madrid as well, though, didn't he? No, Monaco. He never played right back. He was signed as a right back, wasn't he? And then Fabinho was on yeah, 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 and then yeah. he moved to DM. I believe he's only. I'm sure I looked into this last season. He played like four times at right back. Oh Brazil, really? That's okay. About it, like interesting. Maybe, maybe not then. But he could do it. The ox. He could <laughs> go, go yeah. for the ox. And then, and then we're back to Joe Gomez at right back, aren't we? Though. Yeah, and we've yeah. got some shouting in the live comments. Uh, ben Woodburn, good to see he's keeping busy. Um, it got us gone. What about Simicass? Simicass, Simicass, lads, could he play right back? Three different comments. Thanks so much. It's worth uh, drawing attention to your comment there, Ben Woodburn. Thank you so much. Uh, you'll obviously know. Uh, but then he also said, "What about Gomez right back?" So I, I feel like he's lost the courage of his convictions somewhere along the lines there. Uh, okay, yeah. Tom Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean Colin H makes a great point here where the Trent was filmed and training but hasn't travelled we still don't have a, a clearer idea of what, what, what is that a time a time of live streaming film and whatever um, unforeseen circumstances you just made it's that a bit up. of a catch all isn't it Kids that, Gymnastics got cancelled for that the other night no but was that, is that have you just made that oh yeah I've just made that up yeah okay yeah but, to catch all. So you just anything. said, yeah, but you've just said it, and then commented on like it was a real thing that you've you've heard. Like they've just put it out as a statement. No. It's a catch-all phrase, isn't it? It's no. like it is, but it's not. It's a phrase you've just made up, spuriously thrown out. There. Oh yeah, I wasn't trying to pretend. Okay, cool. So you'd save Milner for City then, on, on that basis. I'm not sure I would. I don't know what to do against City if Trent's not there. It, it's a, it's a really tough one, isn't it? I mean. Shows how heavily reliant we I, are on Trent, though, just in this conversation yeah, alone. Like. I do trust James Milner, actually. Yeah. I would play him against City. Yeah. There you go. But I would you play him for two on the bounce? Yeah, five-day break, fine. Yeah, it's a big one. Big I one I played at the weekend, two games in five days. Yeah, sounds yeah, here we go. Chris, Chris Thorne in the comments here. Chris's delivery was like official statement from the club, unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> what? What? It's not really. It's just to clarify, try, try, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's fine. Uh, Robbie Brown um, with the super chat. Thank you so much, Robbie. Says, Hi, gents. I was lucky enough to get an away ticket for the Brentford game. Want to say a thank you for your balanced analysis after the game as too many were swept up in the emotion. Yeah, it's just like, a, it just, it's just because we're really old and jaded <laughs> that's why it's hard to get it's hard to get swept up one it's way the other way down though emotion. i mean we're really old definitely but like we just yeah just don't feel like you need to just go with the wind you know what i mean it's like I, here's the thing like loads of people i i think anyway 
either make up their mind off social media or use it to inform their opinions, whereas I kind of don't. Mm. I, I, I've, I've never done the, I'm going to check Twitter before I do a video to see which way the wind's blowing. Yeah. I'll just tell it as I see it. And if, it, if it's a popular opinion, which it never is, Sound and if it isn't sound, I like, always, I always <laughs> like, used to use it to as an affirmation because I'd be like, how do I feel about that? And then I would check social media because we've always done like the um, the match reactions. So we've always been taking we used to comments from Facebook back in the day and then Twitter, and now we're doing it in the in the live streams. And when people were dead angry, it made me feel happy because I was like, I don't feel, I don't, it's not ruining my day in that way. I feel a bit down. Yeah. And it's why, like the, the like that we've got the Arsenal fan TV model, and again, I'm not going to get lost in this. Of like, there's lots of balanced voices on Arsenal fan TV, but the ones when we talk about it, we know what I mean. It's the it's the it's the over the top reactions, and people that used to say to us, and people like in, in businesses, like you should go and do what they do, and it's like those people don't exist to support Liverpool. And if they do, they're not at the they're not really at the match, or they don't hang around after the match, and they don't care enough to put their opinion, opinions out there. We've been at games and grounds up and down the country for years and never found more than a very minor isolated cases of people having those kind of reactions because really, when oh, Liverpool gosh. lose, you're just a bit like, you just want to go put your head down and get on with your day. There's not go out, go and start shouting and screaming and ranting and raving. So when you see it on social media, again, it always just be like, I just quite like taking the piss and then that made me feel better to kind of see that there's people losing the, the shit over it. But now you're right. It now, instead of seeing that, people go, oh, whether like perniciously or whatever, it affects, it affects them. It, it changes them. It alters your mood instead of being able to go, oh God. Like, like there's a sheet of glass between you and all this craziness going on. It's a, it feels like it's a bit more. Also, if like you're pervading. heavily involved in like the, the the Twitter sphere and all that type of stuff, you're gonna be dragged down by it because you see it all the time, aren't you? Whereas if you're not, you can just enjoy your life, then go and enjoy the footy without it all, mm. and then and then you'll get a, a clear idea of where you are. See, I was sound because I didn't have anything like that. I didn't have the Twitter or the socials to be dragged into it. But I've been more engrossed in like football group chats over the last twelve months, <laughs> and they can be just as bad sometimes. Well, you know and I, mean? I wonder whether it's, it's that the, 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 the knee-jerk reactions to certain things. But then at the same time, it is good to see the way that people seem to everybody kind of dissects the game slightly different and I do kind of enjoy that kind of back and forth when you're sitting there with people because they'll make a certain points and you'll think alright well I didn't actually see it that way but it's not from a place of do you want to kick us wild or down it's just that you know they're passionately caring about what they're seeing and how they see the, the, their lens of the club do you know that's what I mean? it and I, I, that's why I love these shows and like the final words and the instant match reactions and stuff because it's better when there's two of us yeah. because you can say something that I disagree with and five minutes later I can go oh yeah you're right yeah. you know what I mean whereas on Twitter that would last 16 hours <laughs> You'd never actually get the point across that you had in the five minutes we were talking. Yeah, and I'm never and I'm I'm got my pitchfork out anyway. Yeah, and I'm not looking for, to and, have my mind changed. Yeah, and moreover, you might have changed your opinion, but because I can't see that you changed your opinion, because all I can see of you is that last comment that you left, which yeah. is you with your pitchfork out. I'm then reacting angrily to something you did 16 hours ago that you're making a cup He's of tea. Off, yeah. You're <laughs> making a cup of tea, and I haven't having a having a. When's he going to reply? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like you mean, but that's it. That's it. But I actually never considered the group chat thing, and how that's like, uh, and obviously just a very clever way for Errol. To mention his podcast as well, by the way. Um, <laughs> the group chat podcast. Everyone. He's got a new one coming up. Have yeah. you seen this new stuff? Oh, yeah. Looks bosh. Talk about it. Yeah, go no! on. <laughs> no, no, do you know what? You need to check it out on Sunday. It's called the Fresh Out the Box Challenge. I won't say no more because I'll be doing the watch along and I'll give it a good push then. Um, but yeah, 
keep an eye out to YouTube, Fresh Out the Box Challenge UK. Yeah, Thanks and up. the only way he's going to push it is on his WhatsApp group because he doesn't have social media. Yeah. Oh, I know. Good luck I realised that the group chat thing. Did the right for It makes it, but it makes it, but it makes it, again, pervades your life easier now because of group chats because I never really yes. thought about that. Like, I don't really have those, those WhatsApp groups in my life so much. But, Particularly if you've got mates of other football clubs in those things. I have a little bit actually because I'm now in like a fancy football. One of the, the fellas in our family and my uncle who's a United fan's in there and he drops the occasional like meme or whatever and then I'm a bit like, you've, you've robbed that from Manchester United's Facebook or Twitter or whatever and it's funny to use but it's a bit weird and annoying to us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, that, that's probably where it's worse for people now is that you can't, because you can't really switch your WhatsApps off because, you, you know, that's a primary method of communication between people that you actually want to talk, talk to, to as well. Yeah. But, yeah, interesting. Anyway, thank you so much for Good the, uh, the comments from Bobby Brown. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Oh, Ashley Frith, uh, would you go for uh, Ivan Tony in the summer? I thought he played really well and it's a good first audition if Liverpool are interested in someone like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it it's straight out the Sherlock Ferguson book of if you play well against us, I'm going to sign you because uh, you've pissed me off. Um, but I don't know. I'd need to see more of him. Like I really liked what he what he did. Um, would he suit us as a break glass option potentially? Like we were supposed to be, we were rumored to have a little look at the the lead centre forward, similar skill set. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean Liverpool fan as well. Probably get him fairly cheap. I can definitely see why you'd be having a look at him this season. Yeah. Uh, again, if you if you if you're looking into is he an upgrade on Divock Origi? Possibly. I guess we'll know more after a season of him in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. Well that, and that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, right now he might not be, but with a season in the Premier League he might well be. And it's certainly against the lad who's probably not gonna play more than I don't know, a thousand minutes over the course of the season. Mm. Um, actually, interesting mention there, the Patrick Bamford stuff. So I did a show with Neil Jones, uh, JNO Insights Extra, which is streaming exclusively on the RedmenTV.com. And he talked about Liverpool's bid uh, or, or expressed interest in Patrick Bamford in the summer and what the deal is with all that. If you want to check that out, then do. There's a little advert for that coming up in a minute. But we've got um, uh, another question from Sonic Dud, who's Sebastian Fash. It says, uh, what club legend for another club are you jealous of? Do you want to go first on that one? Yeah, go on. I... I like what you were saying before, we, we went live, but if I had to choose any, and I think we'll probably all, might all pick strikers in this sense, potentially. I went for, Absolutely my first, my, my first thought was Drogba. Guy just always seems to score against us as well. He just seems to just always be a handful. Does that mean he's going to score own goals? Or no, four. He'll, yeah, he'll score four us if, he, if, if we get if we had them. And then I started to think more long term than that. And I would have just loved to have seen Sergio Aguero play alongside Suarez. I just thought that. I could just imagine that would have just been a handful for a lot. So that was my last one. I think that's me. That's it. I had not really thought about that, but that's. I went too far well. back. I never really considered that. But there was that spell when obviously City got the money and then they got it. They got it right with yeah. the money rather than that time when they spunk loads of cash on loads of players that weren't quite good enough. At Hello Everton Football Club, by the way. Um, the um, but no, I, I loved Aguero. We had a, a, a famously, Chris had a football manager save going on where you were at Letico. And you were Valencia. And I was Valencia and I had Vier and you had, you had Aguero. And that was it. I, was, I had a very jealous glances cast across Same. the, cast across the Same. that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was a great game. It then. was a great game. Great network, network games network from back games. in the day. We used to, our phone bills used to be fucking massive. <laughs> sitting on the home phones, breathing down the line, listening to each other while we were fucking playing. Fucking hours yeah. on end playing these fucking you network go. games. Click on. Are you ready to go? And I, I'd, I'd have been off doing something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh shit! Sorry, no, I was ready. I was ready. Fucking. Yeah, I, 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 like my tactics back then 
way, I wanted to play the same way in pre-season as I would for the season. So if I went 1-0 up in a pre-season game, I'm going five at the back, dropping a psyche <laughs> out in pre-season games. And he had to sit there through it all. Yeah, 12 pre-season games with Chris doing tactical Mourinho masterstrokes uh, on it. But anyway, the Aguero, like Aguero, Silva, uh, uh, you know, and, and company or whatever, that little spell, that... that well, I said little elongated spell, really, and they, that was who they'd be on Pez at that time as well, because Liverpool were crap in that period. Yeah. So, like David Silver, great, that's a, that's a good shot. But I went for um, Peter Schmeichel. Oh yeah, that's good because it fills a need <laughs> big time. I was, I he was a massive bell end, yeah. but he was massive and he was a boss goalie. And he was when when that time when I was in my prime years of playing in, in school and playing in goal and playing okay. for the school team, playing Sunday League and all that, he was the best goalkeeper in the Premier League, and I was really jealous that he played for them because like I love David James because he was Liverpool's goalie yeah. but let's be honest he was a bit shit he was he was erratic shall we yeah. say <laughs> you know like you don't want to hear stories of like your players playing on blaming N64s for why they've not been good in goal or whatever so yeah Peter Schmeichel I was very jealous I, I'm amazed I'd be I'm, amazed I, if you wait, don't go with David Beckham because of your love answer. for Victoria Beckham incorrect Alessandro Del Piero because the sardies. No, because <laughs> I fucking I loved Juventus back then, as you'll well, well well remember. And I know he's not the best player you could pick. Like you could pick Maradona for this yeah, if you wanted to. Yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean. But I was obsessed with Del Piero. I just absolutely loved him. He was just so different to everything we had in the Premier League in those days. Like he, he never had those really sort of until maybe Zola came across, which I'd say was a couple of years. I don't know actually. Maybe it was around the same time. Like that number ten. They had over in Italy your Francesco Totti's and all that. I mean, I he, he could have been a fucking yeah, one to pick. Like yeah, yeah. someone like that who was there. And am I right in saying he stuck it out with Juve? Like he stayed when they had all the problems and all that type of stuff as well. So he's a, a bit of a fucking legend for doing that. Yeah. Like, did, did they go down to two? Was it two, B? I think so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Didn't so and and he went down with them, didn't he? And stayed with them. So there's loads there that I admire apart from just a the footballer. There you go. But also David Beckham for Victoria Beckham. Conor McMullen uh, with the super chat asked the question I was born in 2000 my favourite player is Stevie G who is yours and why we'll come back to that uh, after a very short break as mentioned I sat down with Neil Jones uh, from Goal.com to get some journalistic insight into the big Liverpool stories we're doing the show every week on the RedmenTV.com last week uh, we talked about Patrick Bamford and we talked about a lot of the youth players coming through that got their bows in the Norwich game and in particular um, the potential there of Cade Gordon if Liverpool wanted to buy a, a understudy for Mo Salah, who would it be? You know, who 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 can you bring in? So let's say Adama Traore is your guy that you want to bring in. So yeah, he he may well have played against Norwich in that League Cup game and scored two and looked, looked a million dollars, but he's still going to be on the bench next time you play. And then all of a sudden you're paying him, you know, hundred grand a week, or you know, you've got a fifty million signing fee, a transfer fee, and you might have an unhappy player. But you've got Kay Gordon who. Long term could 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 be better. I think he probably will be better. But, you know, if he, if he if he goes along the, the same path, but he may also be able to do it now. The same amount of overall sort of lifting as as a, a 30, 40 million pound player. Now that's that's a big big shout to yeah. say about a sixteen year old. But that's that's the gamble that they're taking with him. That you know what? Actually, if if we have a couple of injuries up front, we can put him on the bench, and we might not bring him on, but if it comes down to it and you need 15 minutes from him, 
he can play in, in that environment. And you know, City done it really successfully with Phil Foden. You know, and there was a lot of a lot of people had conversations about Phil Foden saying, does he need to go on loan? You know, is Pep mismanaging him? Is he you know he's holding him back? Does he need to give him more games? But actually, City did it really well. I thought with him, and they just give him enough to to make an impact, enough to to keep him sort of. Hungry and you know keep keep moving the stick a little bit further and you're chasing it and chasing it and go on you're, you're getting close you're getting close and then by the time he was like right 19 20 and he'd filled out a bit it wasn't just like right Phil Foden's going to feel his way into the first team it was right he starts now and he's you know he's a brilliant player he's going to play for his country and I think Liverpool have done that sorry City did that really well with him and I wonder whether Liverpool you know they it looked a little bit like Liverpool had done it with Harvey Elliott yeah. at the start of this season and obviously circumstance intervenes I think they might do something similar with with Gordon well, you know 10 minutes here and there and there you go yes do check out Jano Inter one of our extra shows we do exclusively on the redmentv.com with Neil Jones brilliant fun I always have a good laugh uh, on that stuff and yeah if you want to know more about the uh, Liverpool's interest in Patrick Bamford as well um, some really interesting stuff from Neil on that as well do go and check it out uh, yeah Connor asked us pre the break I was born in 2000 my favourite player Stevie G who is yours and why um, I, I, depends on my mood but I've got a bunch it's like asking me what my favourite film is yeah. probably Robbie Fowler of all time just because he was just the epitome of what it was like to grow up in this city in the 90s and have that young hero to kind of hold up. Errol, you're a little bit younger than us. What was yours? All, all my favourites broke me out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. This just seems to find a way to do it. When I, like when I was coming up, uh, obviously Torres for a period of time was just unbelievable. And obviously what he... Not so much what he won for us, but just the way he played football and the elegance that he had. And he could literally just pick a corner and just find it with whatever type of shot that he wanted. Um, but in, I always like strikers. I always like pacey strikers. So for me, he, he didn't do loads for us, but I just liked it. I think it was his personality and his swagger. I loved Jibble Cissé when I was a kid. There was just something about him. He was a bit mad, but I just really, really liked him. Obviously, I love, scouts, I love Gerard and, and and stuff like that, but... The out there ones was like Cissé or, or, or Torres for me. And obviously Suarez. Suarez stole my heart and then broke it as well. So it is what it is. Yeah, Fowler, when I was certainly when I was growing up, would be it. Carragher then took over the mantle for years and years and years. Um, what was, was it about Carragher then? Just the fact that like he wasn't as good as everyone else and he uh, made himself like a world-class defender. Yeah. And I think I, it always stupidly gave me... Like you can do it if you fucking try hard. Yeah. Like and, and that was it. You weren't born with the skills of a of a Steven Gerrard, but you can still make yourself just as important to the team. So that was for me why I loved him. And then but the most the player that I've enjoyed watching more than anyone was Luis Suarez. For 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 being in the ground and seeing what he could do with a football for a pure never enjoyment. Seen anyone like him. Yeah, I've no, never come close. Yeah, I've never I mean, again, we can talk about it and like Salah's absolutely outstripped them in terms of what he's done yeah. for the club and what he's brought with the silverware and the goals all, of that, all, yeah. all that stuff. He will be, he will have had a much bigger impact than Suarez ever did. And the same with Steven Gerrard and loads of other lads who went before. I've never seen a better footballer at Liverpool than Luis Suarez. Like, and I think if you ask someone who's maybe a generation older than us, they'll say Barnes to you. And Barnes is there. We, we watched him do things that no other footballer had ever done before. Suarez is probably mine. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I, I say this all the time. Um, my dad, who, who adores Kenny Daglish, and that's the generation before before that, um, is like Suarez. You know, in terms of like the best player that's ever, the actual technically most yeah. gifted footballer to ever play for Liverpool is 
Suarez, it was He's such a coop as well. Because times we used to buy shit players around them times <laughs> and to just pick him up for like twenty was it twenty two mil or something like no, that. And we just like, yeah, we'll have we, him. We had we had a good we had a great tracker, and this is this has been the point I always make when people go like, oh, what happens when you, you good players move on? And of course it's just something that you, you, you grow up with eventually. But like when Farler left, I was heartbroken. Yeah. But we already had Owen at that at that point and then obviously we softened the blow by having an Elker on loan for a bit and then we fucked it by buying Duf. Um but there's always there's always another one because Liverpool are always good enough to attract I was I did it so I did I had um, Brian Reading, uh, mirror journalist and author. We doing a he's doing an episode of Liverpool Library, which is going out on the website soon. But he talked about like the brilliant to Liverpool. People can talk about other football clubs all they want, but how did Liverpool sustain themselves as being one of the top five biggest football clubs when they didn't win the domestic league for thirty years? And it's because Liverpool have got yeah. something about them. It's a whole combination of factors, but yeah, you know, you can we look always... back at that striker and go back to the seventies yeah. of handing the mantle over. Yeah, like the problem was never was being having a boss striker, okay. was it? Like, I mean, even when on. Rush left, you know, we had Aldridge, yeah. and then we got Rush back anyway, yeah. <laughs> and that carried on like like a, some unbelievable relay from the seventies. A like Keegan going, you know, European Footballer of the Year, whatever goes, Kenny Daglish. Sounds sort of replaced almost straight away, and that was what Liverpool have kind of always done, isn't it? The problem we've had is the fucking left backs and the goalkeepers <laughs> and the centre halves. Yeah. We ne- we're never as good as picking them out as we are the strikers. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, if you want, Tom, we did a Kevin, we did a Cop Chronicles on Keegan, right? Yeah, if you want to know more about Kevin Keegan this time at Liverpool, then the Cop Chronicles series, which Tom lovingly put together earlier on in the year, all episodes are streaming on the RedmanTV.com. Um, yeah, a couple of comments on regards to this. Uh, Sid- and Robbie the Godfather of his Wilston uh, says John Barnes equals the best and Taylor says Steve Nichol for life um, it's a shame isn't it when people turn out to be utter bellends and Steve Nichol since he's moved to America and started doing all this punditry stuff is one of the biggest he's a wet wipe him isn't he like you know what I mean he is he is a fucking he's a, he's a nappy sack him like you know what I mean he's, uh, he's fucking terrible shame um I'm going to end up on like a tour with him at some point. <laughs> <time right now. laughs> yeah. And I'll be there going, he called you. <laughs> I'll be like, it's true. You're a fucking proper minge bag on telly. Be nicer. Um, right, so we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the captain's group. So Jürgen Klopp was asked uh, by Neil Jones, no less, uh, which is further proof that he is a Jano who does have insight, uh, asked him about Liverpool's captain's group, um, which currently consi- well, consisted up until this week of Henderson, Milner and Van Dijk, and it was Jeannie Wijnaldum. Um, Klopp said, Chris, that because there was a point basically last season when most of them were unavailable, obviously Jeannie Wijnaldum notwithstanding, um, he felt the need to extend it out to six people. So they put it to a vote amongst the players and the players that came in were Trent, Allison, and Andy Robertson. Interesting. Yeah, I actually find it more interesting about the players that would be a bit annoyed not to make the six. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm looking at Salah going... Yeah. You know what I mean? What's going on there? Like maybe Bobby Firmino's been here a long time now. Maybe he should be considered part of it. Fabinho for his influence on the side. There's three players there that I think will feel not disgruntled but disappointed to not be voted by their peers as 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 a potential captain. Salah I think's the one where I think Christ, you just give it to him because he's that good. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I don't care how he is behind the scenes. It's just he's really, really good at the footy. Yeah. Um. But as far as Trent, Allison, and Robbo go, you can see it in them. They are leaders. You know what I mean? I can understand why they've been picked. It's the it's the difference, isn't it, between what a captain is and what we recognise as a captain? Because the Salah stuff is interesting in its own right. 
and I, I'm quite encouraged in some regards because it says to me, and obviously it's a bit of, it might be a bit of a popularity contest to some extent, or it might just be Salah, just like I'm not asked. Yeah. Don't even bother considering me because I can't be asked. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It might be, it doesn't want the extra work. You know what I mean? But it, it stands to reason. If you're in the captain's group, it's that it's not just about who, you sh- who does what on the pitch. It's not about putting the armband on. It's the whole thing and how they knit the group together. It's like, it's the social aspect of Liverpool Football Club that's kind of being... And the Alison Becker stuff's fascinating because, again, you know, I I would never have naturally thought that he would have been in there. I'd have I'd have put. He seems like a father figure though in that in that group to me. Maybe a little, maybe it's yeah, the, maybe it's the, yeah, maybe it's the beard, maybe it's, it's all that that he's got going on. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I don't. Sometimes the there are leaders that are just leaders on the pitch that don't have to have an arm round and for yeah. them to still show their importance. And for me, Mo Salah's that guy. He it's. You'll follow my lead because if I'm going to go into war and I'm going to go into battle, use use ten behind me. You're all going to join me as well. Do you know what I mean? And if I'm going to sweat, like that statement that he put out on, it was, I don't know if it was Instagram or Twitter, but I've seen a caption of it last year where he's basically saying, "Look, you know, we we haven't had the the, the season's not gone the way we wanted. You know, we are champions at the moment, and we'll give everything to the last game as champions." That to me was a statement from a captain. Because it kind of embodies the kind of attitude and mentality that if he's declaring that publicly, he means that conversation's already happened with the lads in the dressing room and the changes, and he's already spoke to them about that and the importance of, you know, when the chips are down, this is what's going to matter for us. This is what people will remember. You know, they'll they'll love the fact that we've won things, but they'll remember us in our low times and how we've dragged ourselves out of it. So that kind of mentality to me says a lot. And it doesn't necessarily matter that he hasn't may, might not have put his name in the ring or the other players haven't put him forward. But he's one of those guys that you can still depend on on the pitch, no matter whether he's got the armband or not. For me, mm, that's right. Mm, yeah, I, it's it's a, it's fascinating because I know this is the middle. We're trying to stare a few things up about like about the Salah, the Salah stuff, Salah not being picked or whatever. But again, it, it's I don't know. I, I wonder whether they think about it. Whether they, you know, it's. It, make, it stands to reason that it's probably not a popularity They're contest. They're looking for the story out of it, though, aren't yeah, they? They're exactly, trying to exactly. gloss it up and find something that might not necessarily be there. But 
but it does speak. I mean, let's just let's just talk about it for for sensationalist sake. I mean, you're looking at lads there who've. I mean, I, I, Rob was not. Is Rob is Rob due a contract? I think he might be. It might any, but Trent and Allison in particular have just have just is, been yeah. have just been boxed. You can't see Allison going anywhere. You've in Hendo, Milner, and Van Dyke. You know, you're talking 31, 35, 30. I think that is in in, in ages there as well. We've got to start priming the next generation. Yeah, you know, you know, you got you've got to start having these lads ready to step up. And in terms of senior footballers, I, I agree. I think Fabinho would probably come into this yeah. as well. And you would like to think Mane, Firmino, Salah would all be in would all be in in and around that, of course. But yeah, it's I, I quite like that. I quite like that notion of there's you you might have Liverpool's next captain in that in that group there. Trent's got to be the next captain at some point, hasn't he? I, it, it, I mean, maybe because we all seen Gerard be the captain for so long, and you know he's a scout, and he's from Liverpool, and, and he, he was the captain, and then it was kind of handed over to to Henderson. It was you could see the traits within Henderson that Gerard kind of embodied, and you thought, okay, that that makes sense. He's you know he's been here for long enough, and he's kind of like holding it together. And that season 13, 14, I think he he broke out into his own, so people kind of had a newfound respect for him at that time. So it was a natural transition. Whereas you think by the time Henderson's getting on to 32, 33, Trent will be coming into his prime years and you will be looking over your shoulder to say, well, I can pass it back. And it's another natural fit to say, you know, we've got this group, but in terms of who holds and knits this whole squad together, who gets it, who's been here from the academy right through the whole Liverpool family and system, it's Trent Alexander-Arnold. I I, I like I really like the idea of being Trent. I think the problem is, of course, I'm judging him at 22 years yeah. old, and I think that's too young to have it right now. Particularly when you've got lads who are seniors, when, yeah. when Henderson's there and he's got years years ahead of him. And it, the problem is, Henderson's become the new benchmark in a completely different way to what Gerrard was. It's all the things you know. I don't know that Steven Gerrard gets voted for captaincy in the same way this time because again because of what else is required what does you do you need to be the leader of the group chat now as well because you know it's how much you put you pull on the squad together when they're not in Melwood or sorry in, in Kirby and, and all, all around it potentially but the trend stuff I, I think we're starting to see captain like traits in him Chris and the one that stands to me was the derby last season when Hendo goes off and Trent tries to grab that game from right back by the scruff of the neck and does a, a, a pretty damn good job of it, albeit one where we don't we end up losing our first derby in God knows how long. But that I, I like I like it's a nice story, isn't it? And there is definitely something to that that extra pride locally of having a local lad be given the Yeah, there is, but I don't think he's the right person to be the next captain of Liverpool. I think Virgil van Dijk is. Yeah. I think, you know, you're probably looking at Hendo's gonna be I would guess very similar to what Redknapp ended up being, which was the club captain. But with with all of his injuries, he wasn't on the pitch. Now, in a couple of years' time, is Hendo in our best midfield? I don't know the answer, but I tell you who's going to be right in the middle of the back for as long as he's fit. It's okay. Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. So for me, you know, you might get another year or two of Henderson um, where he's playing every week. But then after that, it's Virgil van Dijk for a few years. And then by that time, Trent might be 26, 27. And ready to then pick up the captaincy because I see him as a future captain, and I get the points. And, and you, your points are all spot on, but you don't you don't skip over Virgil Van Dijk, like you know what I mean. I'm fine with you skipping over Prince Charles if you want to make him like, <laughs> but not Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, you know no, what it's, I mean? a, it's a really good point actually. And it makes me wonder though, in terms of like the, the whether there's a value to your captain being 
British, mm-hmm. and I think Virgil probably is an exception to this. But might be, I think the, I actually think there might be a value to him not being British, okay? Because his squad's not all British. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's 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 much more multicultural than it ever was. So there's there's two ways of looking at that. Is it having that scouse heartbeat, that understanding of the football club that you want, which I think is massively important, or is it a fella who can bring everybody together? And that's not to say that Trent can't, yeah. but I know that Virgil can. He's captain this country for goodness' sakes. Like it's something that he's done. He's been that sort of figure on the pitch as a captain time and time again for Liverpool. You could go it both ways, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. And uh, it, the, the thing for me, and again, because in, in why I, why I say the British thing is not for any of those reasons that you, you're talking about and the lack of multiculturalism or whatever is that. Having a lad who, who's in the referee's ear and is very good at doing that is a very, you know what I mean? It's we, like Henderson and Milner are brilliant. This is the stuff Milner gets away with is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, again, and it's daft because we see certain of our players without going down that path too much who seem to get far less pleasant treatment from, from referees for a variety of reasons, which I can't possibly go into, couldn't possibly put my finger on too much. But I don't know. And again, it's probably, it's probably a small marginal thing. But And Trent's not right for that yet. You know, even because again, he's still a bit of a young lad. He comes across as a bit, a bit, a bit brash at times. Yeah, you know, yeah. at, at times. But when you've got that aura around you, when he's a bit more, he's a bit more broad-chested, and he's a bit more been there and done it, and he's maybe got a few more medals dangling around his neck, and all of a sudden he's looking down, he's looking at referees and going, "All right, go on, go on." Hey everyone, Mate here. Just a little insert from me to say that if you enjoy this podcast and the other podcasts that we put out for free and you want more than my word, you can have more on the redmentv.com. Go over there, sign up and get extra bonus shows from us each and every week as well as a whole suite of video content, documentaries, features and interviews. But yes, you can also play those podcasts in your native podcasting app as well to have a seamless Redmen TV experience in your ears. The redmentv.com, sign up there today. I've got no problem with Verge being it yeah. either. By the way, I think yeah. because of what he what he's won and the fact that you know the the respect that every single footballer seems to have for this man in the game at the moment, it makes sense, is what you're saying. And maybe Trent in, in his late years, but I just I'm like a romantic in that sense. I love the idea of yeah. you know the scouse lad being able yeah. to wave the flag and just say for us, you know. This is what it. This is the DNA. This is this is the ingredients and the minerals any of you lads are going to need to lace up and play with me. Yeah. And if, if you're not upholding these standards, you can leg it and <laughs> and tell them in no uncertain ways. Where I think they're just probably a bit more of a diplomat in that in, in that sense. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be reading them completely wrong in terms of his, his demeanor. But I I think you're right in the sense that Trent could still probably learn a lot from. Verge's leadership style as well so being able he's probably already done that in terms of the game management and stuff and how he plays but again that captaincy and that side of things it would and, be and interesting the other, the other thing is think about is Gerard came on I think when he was the, when he was made the captain you know what I mean and he was made the captain very young as well yeah. wasn't he and he, he improved after the fact and could go on and do the same there's, there's lads who play for football teams who don't need the captaincy Carragher was one of them he was the captain on the pitch Tent's kind of one of them for me as well, well. It, I'm not it, saying Verge needs it by the way but like he feels everything like yeah. he's just emotionally invested he's going to hold you to those standards of his football club whether he's wearing the armband or he's not and there is also again a little bit of a danger about the scouts thing on the flip where you end up with Gerard and Carragher possibly had too much power in the dressing room because of that oh, untouchability yeah. of being scouts you know what I mean and sometimes you, you don't necessarily and that's why Hendo is above yeah, and beyond because yeah. he's, he's constantly fighting for his rights 
in, in that, you know, if you're settled, you're like, I'm the locals, I'm bulletproof. If I'm, you know, if you if you all of a sudden realise that you're bigger and more essential to the fan base and the and or and then the manager, then that's a weird situation because obviously we're yeah. we're gonna go, we'd go to war for Trent Alexander Arnold on the on the back of the scouts thing moving forward. The only thing I, the Carragher stuff, because you're dead right on that, but we'll never what we'll never know. Because that was the, the the notion that was spun after the fact of Carragher didn't need it, but I wonder if if Gerard wasn't being courted quite so much by other football clubs, would we just have given it to Carragher? Be- and of course, when Gerard gets it off, hippier doesn't he? Yeah. And he's still a bit, he's a bit, he's still quite young at that point as well. But it's interesting to to note that, that like if we Liverpool are the level then we're at the level then that they are now. Does Gerard get even get the armband? Because again, the pressures that it comes with, would Gerard have actually been freed from having to be the, the figure and just get on with his game? And you give it to the lad who does all the other Round bits and pieces sheet. better. Yeah, it's yeah. mad. That it's mad, and we don't know what the next is. The next captain, your best player, or is he the Did- best fit? the best fit for it because sorry I know we got like a, ch- a shout here from Conor S saying captain choice either the Great Wall of Holland or the Scottish Flash and like an Andy Robertson yeah. shout yeah. of having someone who's just bubbly loads of personality get, but as you know shows that fighting determination as an aside he, you know he could be an outside did you know? he have groups like in the same sort of sizes when, when Gerard was I don't think about, it was, I don't believe so I think that's probably I, I, a reasonable dynamic because you're probably getting the best of everybody then in, in that sense and everybody can kind of pick up responsibilities and then there's the guy at the top who picks up that that sole responsibility and that ultimate leadership role whereas as you're saying there about Gerard, he had to have it he had to have it all and it probably did even though it added to his game to an extent and he gave an extra 10-15% it probably still weighed heavy on him so I still think like, about the Gerard captains I think you look at like there's games when you look to your captain and there's a function that a captain has to perform on the pitch and he's the guy as I said before who's got to be in the ref's face yeah, yeah. he's got to be the first port of call and when things go south he's got to throw himself in the way of it and I always think back to and it's a mad thing to like because I've knocked Gerard's captaincy for but Old Trafford when Mascarano gets sent off and Mascarano is getting his head's gone completely and Gerard just needs to go and step in between there and he doesn't and the Man United players who were all experts at fucking shit houses yeah, at that point yeah, yeah. are just picking on it and winding and winding and winding them and they effectively get Mascarano sent off whereas you know in another world like there's no way Jordan Henderson's not in, in the middle of that yeah, exactly. he's fronting you know. all of the Man United players yeah, all yeah. at once because that's what he does yeah um, Magic Steve saying I'm going for Robbo for next captain he's a great captain for Scotland um, known pleasure saying captains are not as important as they used to be I think it's weird I think because I, I, I get the notion of that I think they're actually more important in some regards but I think less in that point of you say clubs that are struggling use it as a bargaining tool to help keep their best players at the football clubs I hope to see us be a football club that again gives it to the best man or best set of men that give us more and beyond that but um, yeah it's it's an interesting point and hopefully not one we have to worry about for a few more years yet but I wonder whether because you never know do you it's like when you have those uh, and here's going to be England's squad at the next World Cup things that people do four years in advance and you look at them four years on and you're like oh my god remember him (laughs) he's not even playing football anymore Um, and whether there's a chance in four years time you know Jordan might go on for another at least another four years that we've signed someone in that position period of time who becomes the de facto leader of the squad in the in the meantime? So yeah, funny. But loads of shouts here for Virgil, by the way. Loads and loads. I think he was probably the most popular um, um, amongst them. Um, let's quickly talk about the weekend then. Um, 
United, just an excuse to talk about Man United's woes, really, again, Chris. Good fun on these podcasts. Uh, I loved the fact that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer went to extreme lengths <laughs> to play his mind games to get penalties for Manchester United. They got a penalty, and Bruno Fernandes fucked it. Yeah, and it was all Martinez, wasn't it? I mean, oh, giving it the, the absolute biffers oh, to Cristiano Ronaldo and all brilliant. that type of stuff. Like, you take it, you take it, no, you take I it, dare, you take I it, you little bitch. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> you take it. I'll save. I'll save yours. I'll save yours. I'll save yours. Yeah. But you're gonna sky over the bar, so we don't need to save yours. Because <laughs> that was it. I, I didn't watch it live. I, I watched it sort of half an hour after the game finished, and I'm, I'm looking at his run up, and I, I'm, I'm chatting to Sai. He's showing me on his phone, and I'm like, "How's he sky over the bar with the the run up?" I said, "He mustn't do the run up." Because it's just so hard to sky that over the bar, I think, when you're doing the run-up and he didn't do the run-up. I was like, hey, key, go yeah. on, my son. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. Funnily enough, the the two games were on at lunchtime, weren't they? And I think the, the Chelsea City game had just finished a little bit earlier. So I've uh, as as that was finishing on BTI, I heard the comments. Oh, it's it's, it's one nil to, to Villa, and I was like, oh, they've got, they've got a goal. Like that's even better because it had been checking the scores. It had been nil nil the whole match. I was like, that's even better. I'll go over to a, a certain MG on YouTube, <laughs> and I'll I'll watch his watch along now just to see how they get on. So I'm just watching. Wow, it's So he's he, he, I'm just seeing the comments going. It's pen pen, and I'm thinking, who's got a pen? Was it the Aston Villa goal? Was that a pen? And then I'm checking my score. I'm like, so that wasn't a pen. So they've scored some manu. And then I'm at that point, I'm thinking, what you just said, the Ollie mind games. I was like, that bastard, how's he wrangled the pen out of these refs? What happened then? And they're like, it was a clear handball. So Gobert absolutely made up. He, he's rubbing his hands. He's like, yeah, we, we've got a penalty. He's like, but it doesn't save nothing from the game. We should have had this to bed. We should have won. And he's still very up there because he, he's demanding better from his Man United side, which to be fair, they should be doing a lot better than what he did. And then they miss it. And it, Bruno's taking up. And he didn't, he didn't even, it wasn't even out there. It was just an inward, I'm dying inside. <laughs> like, I'm actually dying inside. He, he missed that. He, he thought it was a dead save just to get the what the point. And it wasn't. And then it was, you'll wait and see my match reaction after this. I might even say Oli out. And I was just like, he's, go he's going to go. He's going to go. It's just so it was quality. It's, 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 just, it's just so pleasurable. Uh, to see those kind of things happen because it is—it's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. And, and again, on the stuff. And uh, uh, to be fair, I want to credit. I don't know who did the graphic. I mean, if Ross is watching, you can tell us. But R Ross obviously took upon himself to rip the piss out of Bruno Fernandez and his and his apology. And Man United have got this new apology template um, that they use on social media, where like someone says, "I'm someone oh, dead sorry for being a bit shit," and then it's the responsible as made going, "Ah, it's all it's sound lad. Don't worry about it. Yeah, come back stronger, bro." And it's like just fucking fuck it off. <laughs> like I get it. I I don't mind. I, like like Loris Carius walking around the, the fucking stadium, walking around Kiev, going, "I'm sorry," and crying. You're like, you should be, but also yeah. fine. Like, get on you. You've just crossed as a Champions League final. I, I, I apologize for apologize for things. You know when you've when you've individually fucked it, yeah. then fine. But like, it's a it's September and you've missed a pen and there's 10 other lads there that could have got you out of the ship before the 93rd minute effectively and they haven't but done their job either so where's their apologies I, I'm going to try and get a part of the tweet because there's a great it, piece of wonderful design work done around it, it, it just it wasn't I mean man you if that's their style of play for the season they are going to struggle do they have quality players that, that should be playing better undoubtedly but when they are doing stuff like that, they are just making, they're building a rod for their own back because their fan base has become just as 
bad in some ways as Arsenal's fan base. Do you yeah. know what I mean? In terms of obviously they have this expectation that they they should be winning things and they should be challenging. Again, you can have arguments as to why they should definitely be in those conversations. But being so, if he's not if he's not in pole position in September, then he needs to be sacked in October. Well, yeah, it's so the, crazy. The, to the problem is it. there's an un, there's an undercurrent of all this, and I think this sort of stems from group chats and social media, and also just our own analysis of our teams, yeah. where you look at the things that you are you perceive might be a problem, but you're like. You maybe you go okay, well it'll be fine because of all these other things going for it, or maybe within the fan bases people go like in our situation last season it was like the centre half thing became a, just a hot button topic because Liverpool have left themselves short in positions in God knows how many windows, but you always you tend to go oh, it'll be fine because they've they clearly they clearly thought about when it goes tits up, it leads yeah. to a panic situation. And the problem United have got is I think deep down at their core. They are aware that they're not quite the finished article, but they're also very aware that with what they've spent and what they've got, they should be you should still be able to put it together. So when it does fall short, you're going to get a bigger reaction because the people who've been saying, oh, this is a problem, get to go, and yeah, I told you. And the, one, and the other people who are just a bit more emotional over it because they're like, oh, shit, I really went, I defended I invested, this. Yeah, I got really invested. And they, you feel it. more hurt because it's not going out for you. And when it's not us that it's happening to, and when it's happening to Manchester United instead, it's fucking brilliant. Long may it continue. Um, can I draw attention then? I don't I don't know who did the graphical work on this. If Ross's photoshopping skills have been getting better, but he's got <laughs> a tweet out saying, no excuses for the misspelled tweet early today on the Redmen TV. I'm my biggest critic, but as always, I'll use it to drive me forward. More than my disappointment, though, the branding of the business today is the most important. I'll be ready for next time. Hashtag together always from our account. Yoni Weisberg with you all day. LFC, Leon, get out of my club. Time. <laughs> with you every day of the year. Better together, always united. Uh, Grizz, uh, here for you always. Zane, we are here with you. We learn from our mistakes. You will come back stronger. Six time champs, the whole fan base and club are behind you. And Jack LFC, what's this all about? That's Stella social meeting from Ross Chandley and oh, friends. There. Stars, we love it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm incredibly proud of the things that go up and around this business, and that is one of them indeed. Uh, yeah, boss, long may United's woes continue, but not so long because we want Ollie to stay in, of course. Um, so maybe pick up a win in mid Ollie for the win. Yeah, definitely. Just got to keep it, just keep it ticking over. Just a, a sniff of fourth is, is just enough. Keep yeah. them on the fringes of not being too far away from a title challenge until the point that they're so deep in the season that they're all of a sudden in a, for, a battle for fourth and not realised it and the goals have shifted so that you become passionate about that fight for fourth and maybe another trophy or something on the line, obviously not the League Cup. Um yeah, we'll see. Uh, right, just briefly then, Chelsea got it all wrong against City, didn't they, Adam? Yeah, they did. They are. Do you know what? Everyone's kind of talked up City. Um, sorry, everyone's talked up Chelsea is they, they've got it all. And in terms of the, the players that they've got, I'd argue that they probably have. It's just the way that they set up against City that for me was just completely wrong. They should have done it the flip for me. They should have attacked for the first 45 minutes. See now that got them, just kind of got into a bit of a dogfight with City and just say, you know, we'll play a bit of a basketball game. We'll attack, you'll attack, we'll attack, you'll attack. Because that way it's going to be a little bit more open and we'll see where the, the where the chips lie at the end of the first 45 minutes to an hour. When they did it the other way around and they just kind of sat within them, being the home team as well, sitting within themselves and not kind of, nothing stuck with Lukaku up, up top. I watched it and... He had nobody around him to kind of bring into play, to make runs off or running in behind him. There was none of that going on. 
So when I'm sitting there watching, I'm thinking, what is it that you're waiting for? You're waiting for a set piece, or you are you literally waiting for the one rare counter attack that everything goes right for you? And for me, it just looked a little bit toothless, and I thought, there's, all right, City are probably the anomaly in terms of the rest, the way the rest of the league play, so they don't have to set up like that week in week out. But if there's a if there's a run of four or five games where teams play them like that, and that's their approach to the game. They're not going to come away with maximum there's, points. There's, it, there's like the vintage European away style performance where go and do that, go and play like yeah. that, and then if it goes one 0 fine because you've got that like you get a corner and then in the 85th minute and everyone gets up and all the all the crowd get dead nervous or whatever and you can build a bit of momentum yeah. and it gets a bit edgy and maybe you nick one and, and laughing. But um, I mean, like I've seen it, I've seen it where Brendan Rodgers got decent joy out of it last season, defending for his life in it and on the counter attack. We've done a bit of that. But against, they, they weren't even doing that though, mate. They weren't really hitting on the counter because I say nothing was really sticking with Lukaku up top he didn't have anybody to bring into his play with him yeah. to try and develop any well, sort of counter so it just looked yeah. it was, it was too much it space. ended up ultra defensive and yeah. that's the problem that's the problem isn't it sometimes Chris is you can do that and you, you know when you've got a boss defence well, you know, he clearly trusts his defence. He trusted his defence to defend with 10 men for 45 minutes against Liverpool and it worked. And, it, and he, got, he got what he needed to out of that game. So we clearly got to trust that he thought that he could keep it tight against Man City. Mm-hmm. But it is a dangerous game because, again, it's City who live for being given the task of breaking mm-hmm. teams down because that's how most teams come up against them. And if you, had to, if you had to say what's the way to beat City, it is the teams often that just get in their face. Um but it was, yeah, again, it's, it's it's fine margins at that level because you can I, get I, fucked either way. I'm a bit torn, to be honest with you, as to, uh, as to whether it was a good decision or a bad decision. I think it's very easy to look back and go, they've lost, he's made a bad decision. I don't think yeah. it's as easy. I don't yeah. think it's as cut and dry as that, to be honest with you, because for me, nobody dominates the ball against City and wins. Nobody. I, I've not seen a team do it in three or four years. And you might be able to name an example but it's not an option for me that works high percentage. Mm. Nobody comes away with 60% possession against City and wins the game. Okay. It doesn't happen. So what, would you try that? Maybe with Chelsea's squad you would because their players are brilliant and they can do that, maybe. What I don't like is changing that style from what's got you to where you are. Yeah. That's what I think the mistake is. Okay. Because I think if you've done it, if it's, if it's in your locker and you've done it five or six times last season, which I don't think they did, to be honest, then maybe it's something that you trust. But changing for a big game against the side that just plays the same way every week leaves you a little bit open. So I'm a bit like, I kind of see why he's done it. I can understand why. With their players, he's probably playing for a draw is what my overall thing would be I think it's very easy to come into this league and play conservative Mm -hmm. and I think Klopp did that at times during the first title challenge against City even though you know we got ridiculous amount of points there were games where he was a little bit conservative Man United Everton being the two ones that that sort of stick out where you go I really wish he was just a little bit more cavalier went for the jugular type of thing certainly that Man United game was one of them with those injuries and stuff so I I don't know I mean it's really tough because City are a great side and they do pose these problems. But look at that midfield that he put out there. It didn't scream much creativity the other no, day. No, but like Kante and uh, Kovacic, they're the two lads who could be your Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain because Kante's not seen like that. Yeah. But when he plays at his absolute best, he will drag the ball 30 yards with the ball at his feet. And that's and what he was him. doing and yeah. he was trying to. But he, again, he was running down blind blind alleys for it. I, for, for the, the, the trick is, and I, I think this was the plan, 
and it doesn't work because they go one nil down before they get to enact the plan. But they bring Kai Havertz on, yeah. and they're well better for it all of a yeah. sudden because you've just got that one extra body, and and you know you've not got Werner running down blind alleys. You've got not. Got I thought he was not decent though, to be fair. Yeah, but but the point is, is that you needed that bridgehead between midfield and attack, yeah. which they didn't have, and Kai Havertz helped to help to provide that. And that's where you, that's where you do do City. You can sit in and soak up a bit of pressure. But you need you can't go direct against them because they'll have you all day because they've got good defenders. So you know you you then you've got pace to have and some... numbers is what you need to break yeah, on them exactly. with. And if you're not going to do that, then your game plan's probably and... not going to work. But I think it's just too easy. Sorry to look at the results and decide. Yeah, and decide. Oh, no, they've got, they got a right class if it works, and you're stupid they if it doesn't sh- because you've offered nothing going the other way. You've been you're called toothless when it doesn't work. That's why the, the classic European away performance. City were ten minutes away from frustrating themselves though and burning out and not being able to score or break them down. And Chelsea's plan would have slightly started to work because you say there, you bring on Kai Havertz and you've got that that bridge between your midfield and attack. It was just, a lot of people have said that, you know, or made remarks about Tuchel's in-game management. I think Joe Cole said that, oh, time, if it, if it was me at this point now, for 45 minutes, it's worked because you've stifled them and you've, you've got it nil-nil. Great. Bring Kai Havertz on now and go for it. See, make the first 15 minutes of the second half your time. If you do that and you can take it away from City and you might get the first goal, it piles more pressure onto them and you can almost revert back to what was working and you've got fresher legs in Kai Abbott's there that's going to do more of the dogged work. You've got more players to go into that counter-attack as well. I think what... the because it, it, it hasn't worked for Tuchel this time, I think what it will give him is a good lesson of what he needs to do next time mm. round because he's had success against uh, Guardiola a few times already mm, since he's moved. Against him, goodness me. Like it, yeah, as well, yeah. do you know what I mean? Since he's moved. And it was more, I think it's probably the first time that he's changed his approach over Guardiola changing his approach to how he, he's went into the game. Yeah. So he'll probably take a lot in terms of learning from it. And he was probably only a couple of minutes. I would have just liked to have seen, like, this is what... Teams always see him when it comes to whether it, you know, it's your Brentfords against us or sometimes it's it's the City games. Or Chelsea. When Chelsea played us that first 30, 35, 40 minutes, we was dead equals. Yeah. As good as you are going forward, we're as good going forward. I want to see more teams play City with that mentality. And maybe that's just because as, a, as yeah. a fan, I just want to see other teams challenge them. And I wonder if he did, he actually gone from the back 45 minutes of and gone back and do that against Liverpool yeah. with 10 men. I can do it against City with eleven, and all of a sudden, I've taken, a, I've, I've cut the legs off, of, of, of City a little bit by showing them to be a bit toothless. And what does yeah. that do? And he's, he's gambled, and it's gone wrong. It's also worth pointing out: Reese James gets injured in that game, so they have to go ask Pulquetta at right wing back, and then you've hampered. It. That's your pace gone down that side. He's a big weapon for them. Uh, just lastly, before we wrap up, Luke Bland asked us, "Did I'm picking a puppy Cavapoo up in three weeks? Uh, what LFC inspired name shall I call him? Current or previous players slash manager names?" I'm going with just call him Mo because I think you need to have a name that you can shout because you need to shout and summon your dog, don't you? So you don't want something that's a bit awkward to do out there. No, I'm a a big fan of bog standard names for animals. So Andrew for Andrew Robertson because I think he's shouting in the park. Andrew's just fucking hilarious. Or like if it was a girl, Mary, you know what I mean? Just a a really shit, sorry, any Mary's watching name. That you can shout across the park. I just love it. It's just, I just and Andrews as well. Andrew! And everyone turns around. It's like, Trent, no, the dog. It'd be a good name for the dog. Yeah. Though, I like Nico as well. Nico. Yeah. I know it's, 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 he's, he's not doing much, but you know, he might do in the next five, t- five years. as well. You're not going with the ultra popular ones. Popular ones. No, yeah. what you need is the start of a chant. Sadio in the park. <laughs> and <I'm> like, Morning. <laughs> 
Nailed he knows it. the assignments. Nailed yeah. Go with Sadio. Welcome aboard, DJ Shelvin has joined as the first team here, a member on YouTube as well. Um, Welcome to the party. Big Mad Andy saying, uh, my cat is literally called Andy. There you go, well done. Brad Loxley, dog named Kenny. Uh, Tom, of course, named his cat Kenny as well. Good name. Good, good cat name is Kenny. Um, I had a cat called Stringer Bell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 but, but I didn't know she was a girl when I called her that and we kept the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sad. Um, uh, and Jim Jones says, Payjack. Good, go with that. I like that. But you'd have to keep spelling it. Payjack, P-A-J-A-K. Yeah, committing to that for the rest of the rest of Sorry, Tom. Um, right, Sad, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast this week. That was an absolute pleasure. Uh, do check out more from us, streaming exclusively on theredmentv.com. If you want more about the weekend's fixtures just gone, then the Around the League show is every Monday. We've got Red's News Roundup show on Wednesdays, uh, and we've got the Jano Insight on Thursdays as well. And, of course, loads of extra bits and pieces around that you can get in video and in podcast form. And if you join us as a club legend, you get both extra features and you get entered into a boss competition every week and you're naming the credits of shows on YouTube now as well what so are you boss. doing tonight lads we are doing anything good we are doing the watch on yeah. Liverpool Porto try not to offend any Marys or Andrews on that show <laughs> mm. um, right Sal thank you so much for checking us out we'll see you all soon all the best